0: Okay, so on today's Daily Cyber, we're going to be talking to An. He's a business and insurance specialist uh, in the GTA, General Toronto area. And he's going to be talking about Uh, what you need to know about insurance, the insurance industry, uh, from small business to mid-sized business, any kind of questions that you might have. We're going to be discussing them today uh, about the insurance industry and what's going on. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and everything that's going on there as well. So it's going to be really exciting. We're going to cover a lot of information. So let's hack at it. (music) Every fact pattern has a unique circumstance. Mr. Anjappa Wall is not providing legal advice as part of this podcast. Please be sure to contact your legal and insurance professional to obtain advice on your particular matter. So, hey, Anjapawal, thank you so much for coming uh, on my daily podcast. I'm really interested about learning more about cybersecurity and cyber insurance from your aspect and you know everything that's going on in your industry. So, thank you so much. Hey.
1: Brandon, thanks so much for having me on your show. I'm honored. Hopefully I can provide as much value for your viewers.
0: Well, I think you can, like in the sense of, because of expertise, and I've been watching kind of your posts and what you've been talking about when it comes to insurance, and as well as when it comes to cybersecurity and protection, I mean, you really kind of help educate your clients and your followers and your community. And i love you just to kind of share, you know, your expertise and your knowledge of what's going on in the industry. Uh, Specifically, you know, we're looking at like so many aspects going on right now, especially with the COVID-19 you know, I'd love to first kind of jump into, you know, kind of what area of insurance do you love to cover and, and your, your focus?
1: Great question. Um, so majority, I'm a, I'm a property and liability insurance specialist. Um, that's what I have pretty much specialized in. And over the past two years, I ended up branching out, uh, becoming more and more in tune with with the cyber insurance aspect for for companies. And it started off by just one... One IT consultant calling me from a from a referral from an existing client, um, calling me and asking me, "Hey, listen, I need an insurance policy for my contract." And I said, "Listen, I haven't done any of these, but I can take a look into it. It's something new." And from there, I started digging digging into it, and it just snowballed from there.
0: Wow! And then, yeah, now like like I see a lot of education and and value that you're providing around the cybersecurity, you know, aspects of insurance, and what what companies really need to know. Entrepreneurs all the way up, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's a uh, it's 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 a common overlooked coverage and aspect of a business that uh, most people uh, most people are overlooking, and that's that's simply because of the fact that that most people aren't expecting it to be uh, expecting to be impacted by it by a hacker the sort.
0: Right now, one of the questions I, I get asked, you know, talking to all different sides of entrepreneurs and and business owners. Do small business owners really need cybersecurity?
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred. I think I think if you're, I would say like one hundred percent. Especially if you are, you know, just collecting payment information for your clients. Um, most people, most of us, especially like I would say I can speak for myself uh, and anybody who's a salesperson. You're using your cell phone to communicate with your clients, whether it's through text messages, emails. You're using your company's systems. Even if you're using your company's, you know, remote desktop systems that you may be using at home, um, I, especially in this COVID system, COVID-19, where a lot of people are, you know, doing working from home, um, it's put a lot of uh, it's 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 put a lot of businesses at risk. Especially like, how often would you would you talk to um, how often would you talk to a professional, you know, salesperson, and they would think that they would like if you'd ask them, do you need cyber insurance? They, they would be like, no, I don't, I don't have a business. Right. But in fact, they're probably just as much exposed as uh, that individual sales salesperson compared to a retail store that's collecting, uh, collecting credit card payments.
0: So basically what you're saying, so I understand is like, because people now, because of the COVID-19 uh, scenario, there's remote workers, people are working from home, you know, because of being, you know, self-quarantined, kind of all those areas. And now companies are having to look at these solutions too, you know, Is your laptop, is your desktop, is your, you know, your iPhone or smartphone or tablet, are they secure enough to take the company data too, right? Is that something we have to look at?
1: 100%. Um, And I would just, I would just um, change what you just said slightly is that COVID-19 has made it more, it has made, has, has emphasized working from home even more. Okay. Like if you talk to a realtor, majority of them will be working on the road, working on the phone. You talk to a mortgage broker, similar scenario. You work, talk to an insurance broker like myself. We're on the road 99% of the time, right. uh, visiting clients and so forth. But we weren't at the office as much as needed. Uh, we won't be in office as much as, let's say, you know, the standard standard person who's standard office worker right. You know, goes to the office nine to five. Um, you would assume that because it's part, because that nine to five worker is working on a computer, his company needs insurance. Uh, you'd expect this company to have insurance and and me as a as an individual salesperson, I don't have any data. I don't need it. like i'm not I'm not I'm not a big, I'm not a big company, you know right. so so I think that these things starting to um, is starting to um, change, especially with covid nineteen popping up, it's changing the marketplace in general. And now everybody's being pushed to working from home. lot cities are locked down. So guess what now? is my computer is my cell phone? you know, like you said, is it strong enough? Is it secure enough to be able to handle my company's uh, employees, uh, companies, employees, and clients' data? Right. Yes. So I think I now in my position I wouldn't have that exact information, but all I can give my my two senses from what I've been reviewing and reading articles and online discussions that are taking place between brokerage owners on such as link on platforms such as LinkedIn is that a lot of them are discussing ways to transfer, you know, employees from to working from home, and that was the original discussion. The dis- following discussion that the discussions following that were. How can we make it secure to make sure that this information is being transported, you know, safely and securely? And majority of these brokerages, m- majority of the brokerages, at least for the insurance world, they're using third-party remote desktop platforms, anyways. Right. So, ninety-nine um, percent, I would, I would, I would say, again, I'm not in control of this, but I would say that these most brokerages are assuming that the 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 remote desktop providers are the ones. Um, are the ones responsible for the security setup.
0: Right. So, and, and I guess it comes back to like, and I know I've been asked this question is, so say for example, I got my insurance policy. It says, you know, you have, a, you know, you write out your policy and it says how many remote workers you have. You have, and then it says a hundred because you have salespeople, you have remote workers, things like that. But maybe you have 250 staff, right? But now because of COVID-19, uh, 19, now I have, you know, all 300, you know, working from home. Now yeah. my question and kind of to reiterate it, is that is insurance companies going, okay, hold on, you've increased your remote access. Now the potential for vulnerabilities there. Are insurance companies now kind of re- reevaluating, kind of going, okay, and asking the companies and reevaluating saying, hmm. Do you have this in place? Do you have the security? Have you done the antivirus, yeah. anti malware? Like check, check, check. Do you hit these check boxes? Or is it kind of, you know what? We've insured them for this much. We've covered this much right. and the reliability is back on the company. And I've been, a- been asked that personally myself. And that's a great mm-hmm. reason why, another reason why I've had, I'm having you on the podcast is because of these questions I'm getting is because companies don't yeah. know, like, does it modify my plan? Am I more at risk yeah. now because I've increased it and it's not on my policy? Right. So
1: great question. Um. So apologies for not correct, not directly answering that question earlier. I misunderstood it. but from an insurance insurance company's perspective, oftentimes when we're working with clients, they usually insurance companies require us to fill out an application for sure that essentially goes through like a checklist. Um, is the company doing this? are they well, are they complying with Pipeta plans? are they complying with uh, all the privacy acts? Uh, part of that also goes into discussions of is this are these are, is all the information being transported? Or transferred, or is the information encrypted? Do they have a security system in place? Do they have antivirus malware system? Um, they'll go into questions like who's in charge of the of uh, of the IT IT uh, systems, and they'll go through and what security measures are being taken. It is even down to the fact that are these security systems like antivirus and malware and firewalls all being updated regularly? Who's in charge of it? So uh, there's always a checklist into that to give the insurance company, yes, they've got, you, they've got limits already set in place that they'll insure you for $250,000, 500000 whatever limit it is, depending on the size of your business and needs. Um, however, these guys have all, they've already had this sort of checklist in place before they'll even give you a quote. For sure. Now, I, I, think, there's, I think now the, the marketplace is changing, at least for the, for, the t- for the time being. Maybe this is just a temporary thing. And people will just return back to, you know, back to going to the office nine to five later on, or, you know, back from once it's COVID things ending, ending and people are heading back to their office. Or this may be a new chapter right. where people, where, where, where companies may be looking at, okay, for these past month, we were able to manage, you know, so many employees working from home. We got them set up. There was, you know, less hassle, more productivity, whatever the benefits that may, have, may come from working from home. Do they really need to start coming into the office now? Right. Right, and at that stage, maybe it starts changing the workplace dynamic across across Ontario. And if that's the case, then the insurance companies will be reactive to it. They may not just make that quickly. They may not just go into a checklist. They may go into a bit more of a, a detailed checklist and a more advanced
0: one. Okay, and then I think you know that's a great point that you're bringing up. And I think what happens is uh, I'd recommend anyone watching this. Contact your insurance broker, contact your insurance specialist and ask them like, okay, you know, am I covered, you know, or do I have to modify my, my insurance policy because I've done this? And then they're going to ask you, like I think you're saying is that you're going to ask good questions in a sense of do those, you know, home users, do they have antivirus on their systems? Have you set that up? Has it been licensed? Has all that been done? And that company has to come back and say yes or no. Has it been patched? Right. Has it been updated? Has it been secured? You know, do they have encryption on their their desktop and then VPN set up so they can transfer data? Is all that been set up for each of the licenses? Because as you know, uh, on a lot of these companies have specific users that they have licensed. So maybe they have a hundred license. Yeah. But now they have yeah. three hundred u- workers u- employees using it. Right. They might not have the bandwidth or the resources to license everyone. But now the company right. has to take that responsibility. So. Working with your insurance specialist and doing that gives you the right plan because, and one thing I want to lead into is, and you mentioned in one of your videos the increase of cybersecurity attacks at this time, malware, yeah. emails. So what are you seeing? Yeah.
1: So I've noticed is that, and I'll speak for my own personal uh, situation was that one day I just got an email from, uh, I, got, I got an email which was looked like it was coming from a well-established bank and saying and it was a bank that i was dealing with and uh it said you know there's a there's a covid email there's a covid19 email or whatever the case is and but there was something there was one thing that that led me to that kind of got me got my red flags up which was the fact that when i looked at the email and i was checking this on my phone was that it wasn't just a standard coming from an email address okay it was it was a bunch of numbers letters it, 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 and um and the clear giveaway that it's not coming from a straight source um as you would like if you're getting an email from uh, best buy for example right. it'll say you know email from no reply at best buy not you know just something like that it'll be very straightforward but when i noticed was that email that was showing up as like you know it was like random yeah one numbers, two five seven letters
0: eight,
1: you know. as, yeah, X, y, Z, whatever. Uh, somewhere it says TD or Rogers. I mean, uh, TD Rogers Scotia Bank or whatever. Right. You notice know, so that's kind of raised my suspicions. When I clicked, when I when I opened it up, without clicking on any of the links, it automatically it was like it was a clear giveaway. Like it was not a professionally done site. The uh, uh, email was not drafted up, spelling errors. didn't look crisp. It wasn't like a proper uh, proper email that you would you. Ex- it wasn't up to the quality of standard of an email that being that would be sent out from a bank. And clearly, it was a giveaway. And you know what? It almost got me to click on it out of that fear because these, these cyber attacks and cyber hackers and, and, and these guys have, are unfortunately utilize, are trying to use this pandemic, this scenario, this fear that's, that's, that's caused because of this pandemic. And they're trying to utilize it to, you know, unfortunately, I commit cyber crimes, which is to get people who are scared to click on these links put in their personal information and either they're going to try to access, and you don't know this better than I do, but that they'll access your personal information Mm -hmm. or they'll just put a, they'll just, you know, put you in a ransomware and lock your account down. And what exactly are you going to do after that? Right. So I just felt, I felt it was important to get that out to the, get it out to the public because at least this is what i've started to notice right um from 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 a cyber from a cyber from a cyber perspective
0: right i think one of the things we have to be mindful too and and you we mentioned kind of before we started uh the the podcast was there's a lot going on with the covert 19 Uh in different areas of business personal family relationships medical like Right across the board. This is, like I said, a pandemic right across the world. It's not just our local communities. Like everyone is yeah. you know, affected this one way or another. Right? And like you said, when it comes to cybersecurity uh, in our business is to help people be educated and provide them real resources so the fear goes down. And they're not reacting out of emotion and they're acting out of logic. And I think a lot of times when you're seeing these emails, it's a fear base that I need to know. I need to know what's going on with COVID. Is that person closed? Is this going on? You know, how many people have passed away? What's the the impact ratio? Like we're asking all these questions would put us into this emotional fear state where then we click on something that we shouldn't. Right. And we'll click right. on a, a link. Then right. all of a sudden, sure enough, like you said, it's ransomware, malware, a key logger, something's on that. Yeah. And also now you're not just worried about what's going on with, you know, COVID-19, but now you've been compromised. Your bank account. Your and,
1: and, and, and I bet and I bet and I bet it's not even that, you know, I just I, I know I mentioned it through email, but it's so surprising when my dad was telling me that that he's getting emails from uh, not emails, but he's also getting like forwards from like suspicious links on like WhatsApp and all these social media contact platforms, oh, yeah. um, he's receiving, he's getting, he's getting forwards from his friends who've, who've been compromised. Um, and and that's the issue because sometimes, and this has happened so often and so common and and the most place, the, the, the biggest social media platform I've seen this on is Facebook Messenger. And because you're able to send prop, full out links on there and it's coming from somebody you've, you're a friend with, and, and if they've been compromised somehow, I've just noticed that they are able to pass that infection on much faster.
0: Yeah. It propagates the contact list, right. And the, your friends. Yeah. So it goes through that friends list. And all of a sudden, everyone that's your friend, and the average they're saying is, you know, most Facebook uh, accounts have 500 friends. So that five hundred goes to their five hundred that goes to their five hundred, and then you know it's twenty five hundred, and it's you know ten thousand, and it just keeps growing and growing, right? So because it just keeps propagating, the next person that clicks on it keeps you know keeps the cycle going. So and the other thing is the right. fake ads, right? Or even now, not even just mm-hmm. fake ads, but malware ads where people are posting things in the feeds that you're getting if they're sponsored, and there's actually malware to it. So you click on it. Cover nineteen now tax, you know Brampton. So you click on it, and then sure enough, there potentially could be malware, right? It looks like it's coming Mm. from City TV. It looks like it's coming from CBC, whatever that is. But they put that image there. They put that picture there, but there's malware in the background. And that's what I'm saying. I'm telling people right now is if you need to get information, very valid information, go to the sites directly. Go to City TV. Go to Pulse24. Go to the WHO. Go there directly and get your resources. And I think one thing I'd love to get your perspective of is what are you what are you seeing on the insurance side from your clients? Are you seeing their, you know, logically going through this process, or is there a little bit of panic? Is there a little bit of fear?
1: I think panic is definitely definitely there with everybody. And it's just natural. We're all humans. Again, businesses, we're all we're all we're all humans running the business. Right. Um, and I feel that that many business like I got a call this afternoon and, and the client's going like, what happens if and there's a lot of what if questions for sure and this is this is a this is a territory that's been unchartered by by many uh and you know yes we had we had um in 2008 we had the financial crisis however if you take a look in the out if you take a look at the market right now you're facing you're seeing a a, a health pandemic and you're also seeing a financial pandemic simultaneously. Right, for sure. And you usually usually have either one of the two to a certain degree, but I've noticed that at least in my lifetime is that this is a new uncharted territory for everybody. Right. So for businesses, everybody is trying to keep it, keep it, uh, you know, trying to keep their, their keeping their ducks in order and seeing if they have coverage. If they don't have coverage, what is the risk well before they even get to the risk before they even get to the insurance coverages part is my advice to each and every one of your your viewers would be have a business continuity plan in place have a risk management plan in place uh, because that's what's essentially going to hold you together in the moments of panic it is the logical steps that you have to take that you've already outlined with this with a calm mindset previously is what the steps you should continue to follow. So now I have a, I have a question um, because, about
0: that, and something that was brought up yeah. uh, yesterday: uh, business interruption. So people have like okay. you know these business continuity plans, and they think of business interruption. So oh, my business interrupted, right. like this pan, uh, this COVID nineteen right. pandemic is interrupting my business. But what I was finding yeah. out is that that's not covered by insurance.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So great
1: question for, for the business great, great question. Con- for the business
0: continuity. You know what should they have done? To have that in place to be able to manage an outage like this.
1: right. Uh, so to to address your first first part on that is, yes, actually. so most insurance plans with the business interruption, most policies will have business interruption in place. but the but business interruption only responds to a, a physical damage to your property, right? okay, You should have had a fire. Or your your units, you know, been flooded, for example, unable to work and your business has shut down. Right. Unfor- unfortunately, a pandemic is not is is an exclusion on most policies. Ninety nine point nine percent of policies, that's an exclusion. Okay. Uh, on the property side of things, because it's considered, you know, like a virus, bacteria, and disease. Those things are not standard pol standard coverages on majority of policies unless you had a specific Uh, customized policy designed and that's only usually done for like for for businesses that are uh, that's usually done for businesses that are at a a scale that can afford a policy like that okay Um, so it's
0: it's very expensive
1: (laughs) it's super expensive because it's a customized built-in policy sort of like ensuring cristiano 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 redondo's legs right you know it's not something that everybody's going to go out and buy a cut by uh, by a general policy that I want to get my legs insured, but those are like custom built policies for those specific
0: reasons. Right, for sure.
1: Not saying that's not they don't they don't exist. the the these uh, these policies do exist, but business interruption only responds to uh, a loss through your damage to your to, to a direct physical damage to your property. Okay. Um. So regarding your second part to it is as your business continuity plan, usually people I always recommend part of the part of the risk management services I provide to my clients is that to always have a contingency fund available if your location can't work from let's say right now if you if you're not able to go to the office is there flexibility for your clients to operate from home do you have a second you have an office at home do you have a laptop at home what happens if like your location shuts down and what we've noticed is that yes so some businesses are still open they're still going to work pharmacies are open gas stations are open grocery stores are open so there's still people who are going into work. right? Uh, but from a risk management perspective, like our office, Line and Butler Insurance Brokers has taken the preemptive decision to, to not have any walk-in. they shut down the office. Everybody's been designed to have been set up to be working from home right. uh, to make sure that we are still responsive to our clients in this crisis mode because sometimes people just don't need, uh, people need, to know that they have uh, people need to know that there's still there's people there if they need a claim if you had a car accident for example right. you still want to know your insurance broker is still there to be able to answer any questions for sure um so we're still available in that sense but from going back to your original question what can a bus- business interruption is part of a business continuity plan but is not the only response response there is so
0: like you're saying that then potentially and we're talking that this is before this incident right? Is that they should have had the uh, business continuity. They should have a kind of more of a, a slush fund in the sense of, and now I'm just going to estimate, or were you talking about like a six month or one year kind of, you know, plan that they have like a, a fund? that if anything happens, their business could run for six months or up to one year with that fund. Is that, is that what I'm understanding?
1: Yeah. Usually I always say that always keep a always keep a plan for a six month to a one year term. Okay. Um, because by that time, if, 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 you know that's just a simple it, now, I understand small businesses that are working month to month or week to week where they earn income, where they earn a revenue, they pay their bills, earn a revenue, pay their bills. it's super it's gonna be really, really difficult for those those businesses to be able to budget, especially if you're a small business you've just set up unfortunately i, I would i would I would feel so bad. I would feel so bad for the business owner who who the new business owner, the entrepreneur who just signed the lease. Two week, three weeks ago, and has walked into this dilemma. There's no way I could have, ex- I could even expect that that new entrepreneur to have, uh, a, a, you know, a business continuity plan in place or have the funds to be able to start it up in place. You
0: know, you mentioned that, and I've actually been hearing more business courses and business strategists talk about having at least a two year uh, slush fund. Really? Well, the reason why Mm -hmm. is because I know, and you're in a business expert yourself is that because business takes so long to break, even make profit, you know, one year to two years to do that. So you have to have that slush fund to make sure that you can pay your employees, get your, your products, you look over your overhead, pay your lease, kind of keep the lights on kind of all that pay, you know, all that great stuff. But if you can't do that, then of course, you know, and this is why, for example, I think it's like a high percentage. I think it's like 80 plus, you know, percent of restaurants fail, right? It's because they need that
1: within two years, right?
0: Because they need that constant revenue and it's, you know, feeling out the market, feeling out that. And then with any business now you make a great point that small business, and here's one area that I've heard a lot of back and forth discussion is like in the, the health and wellness, personal trainers, Mm. uh, uh, hands-on practitioner, massage therapists, physiotherapists, chiropractors along that line going, but I need to treat, I need to get my hands on these clients, but we have self-quarantine. Now, their governing bodies, their colleges, uh, from what I've been hearing, is now have set out kind of a mandate that they should not be treating, you know, at all. Right. They, right. Oh, really? Okay. Well, the reason why is because wow. it's a hands-on, right. If they touch someone that then, then they touch your transfer. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then you look at restaurants, you know, if they're touching someone's plate and they, that person touches it and, you know, and they put that plate on a, on a table or, you know, they put in someone's napkin on another table. It's all this transference that's going around. Right. So 100%. Yeah.
1: So yeah, like I, I know, like, sorry just to just add to your point, And I a hundred percent agree with you um my my own personal trainer i had i uh, once we went into i went into self- quarantine and it's not but like you know I just told him i'm not coming coming into the gym anymore and I just um stopped like like canceled my gym membership and suspended it um and i for him it's like one client who's he's lost a paying client right um and he in his scenario he's probably got uh he's probably had multiple clients cancel on him right now and I'm sure the gym is empty right. Well, they're right? closed. so, so a lot he, of the gyms are closed. They're closed. Yeah, like Good
0: Life, yeah. LA Fitness. Many, many of the, yeah. all of them have now gone the mandate that they've closed,
1: which which is needed, which is needed. Yeah. Um, but for for the for the individual trainer, like my, I, was, I speak with my own trained personal trainer. He's he his business has gone to a thing. So what he actually started to do was, he's like, I'm like, what's going to happen with you? He's like, I'm actually doing virtual Skype Skype training lessons. Right. Okay. Now. I want to bring up one point. One is i think that's a wicked idea that you're training people over the phone like how you and i are talking but in this case i'd be working out and you'd say give me 10 more right. you know and, and which is good you know and he's like listen i'll do it at like half the rate what i was charging and stuff like that i said that's fantastic man like and he's reaching out to them because he needs to keep his business continuity plan going on full. for sure now there's an issue with this and it's a cyber issue now he's going to be dealing with people's email addresses contact information, and an exposure that he didn't have before, which would have been just, you know, a simple text message. He had my phone number at that time. Again, that still is a cyber exposure, but now he's going to be dealing with me with my, per- or now he's going to be looking at my per- email addresses uh, in- on top of just the phone number. Right. So if, you know, knock on wood, if there was a video re- or screen recording session going on or anything of the sort, um, there'd be an issue.
0: For sure. And, that, and that's the one thing I was going to bring up too, is you're looking at uh, now the recording or even live streaming, if anyone ever tapped into that and then they have a client and say, and I'm just going to use this like worst case scenario, say it was a female client and someone hacked yeah. into that and recorded that, that compromises yeah. her. Right. And then, I mean, knock on wood, that never does happen. Right. But just yeah. these yeah. are the vulnerabilities that could happen. And then, like you said, he might have malware on his systems. And now he transfers right. the client right. to client right. to client. Right. So, it can open up another Pandora's box because don't get me wrong, a lot of personal trainers, not not yeah. all of them, but a lot of personal trainers are not yeah. really kind of high in the technology side, right? Because that's right. not their, right. their nutrition, their exercise, prescription, yeah. like that's their area of expertise, right? Some of them yeah. have do you know, a uh, good knowledge of technology, but not to secure and cybersecurity and data protection and encryption and all that stuff, unless that's something they've been in before. But most personal trainers are, I'm about the health. I'm about the well-being. I'm trying to help someone and, and run my business. So you bring up a great 100%. point. Like It puts him into a whole different realm and potential risk and liability.
1: Right. I know my trainer, you know, on top of just having exposure, I was just giving a bit more thought. He's also got exposure in the sense where he creates custom workout plans. And he creates in the sense where he's got my my starting weight. He's got my height. He's got my identifiable information of what I'm eating, what my exercises are doing. And that's all personal, personal information. It says on is X number of pounds and he's lost two pounds, three pounds, four pounds, whatever, whatever the case is. Probably has your date of birth. Yeah. Yeah. All all that stuff. And even when he, for example, I'm just using this as a great example because you, this is a great conversation is when I signed up with him, he made me sign a waiver. So if he scanned that waiver, if I did, did a little signature, guess what? He has my signature on, on, on his, on his system. He's majority of health practitioners will get you to fill out an introductory form to get to know you, any health conditions and stuff. If I've signed off on the, on the information as I have X amount of, I have a back issue. I have a heart condition. I have, I have some sort of illness Mm -hmm. or disease, whatever the case is, guess what? He's got a record of it. If it's on his, on, on his computer system or whatever the case is. Um, And if his simple thing is if he's got it backed up on his laptop, Let's say, for example, if he's got it on his laptop and the laptop gets compromised. Mm-hmm. And this was what the why I was mentioning people are on the road like us with our phones and laptops and, you know, computer systems or even credit card processing information online and stuff, which a lot of us are doing. If at any given point, and I'll use this as an example of him uh, as my trainer, if he lost his cell phone or his laptop, my information gets into the hands of the wrong person. They... You know, have access to my information and stuff, or somehow they end up hacking into me, which gives them a starting point. I would, is that For correct? sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they get they get into they have a starting point. So we know this much detail about on we know these information, personal information, may even answer some of my security question information that may have already been stored. And you get this hacker gets into my information now, all my contacts, which maybe a lot of my clientele I have. Brandon, yourself. I have your information on here. Now, one day you get an email from me saying, "Oh, Aunt sent me an email to click on this link because of uh of a COVID nineteen information or something like that." You, oh, it's 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 on my friend. He sent me an email. This is not from a scam scamming email. Click, you just got fished. And now, guess what? You are going to be passing on your. You may get compromised. Your business may be shut down because you got impacted by ransomware. Right. Right. They they put a, they locked you down. You can't work, and you may go. You may you can hold me responsible. Mm-hmm. You can say, "On, I got an email from your email address, and it was shut down my business. I haven't been able to work for, you know, three to four weeks. I had to pay, you know, a cyber security guy. If you were not a cyber security specialist yourself, right. I had to pay this guy, or I had to pay a ransom to get my stuff back. And it's all because of the email your company sent to me. And at that stage, I am legally responsible." Right. I can be legally responsible if you took me to court and say it was on some company that that you know shut me down, and that's where your that's where my cyber insurance is, comes into play. If you sued me, or you know if I find out there was a breach on it, majority of cyber insurance policies have you know two big major aspects to it, or two to three. One is your first is that they'll help you; they'll bring in cyber specialists to try to breach to cover up the breach that that happened. For sure, which means that you know they'll come in. Work on try to try to fix the fix the fix the leak okay? right uh, or try to recover. It. second is that if you got sued and you have some limits to it as well that the insurance company would pay out. Uh, the third is that let's say if you were a decent sized company and now because brandon I, I impacted you, your business got shut down. you went on Google and wrote a very colorful email about what I did to your business now I'm in now I'm in trouble. Right. Like my, my reputation's on the line. I may be able to lose Brandon as a client, but now if anybody who searches my name on Google is going to see all the, you know, is going to see that negative response, I've not just lost you as a client, I've lost a huge set of business. So
0: you've lost f- so future some, revenue.
1: Few, future right. revenue. And, and then at that stage, cyber insurance, the third part that some of these policies also have is a crisis management team, okay. where they will send a crisis management team into place and help you, you know, guide you to what to say, what not to say, how to say it to, to just repair the damage that's been done. Right.
0: And let's kind of talk about that just quickly. Uh, And I want to kind of hit home on that. It's not just the technical damage. It's PR brand recognition you're talking about too, right? Where a lot of people think, Oh, I got a cyber security guy. He did a forensics investigation. He remediated all the problems. And Bob's your uncle. We're good to go. And like you're saying, is no, no, no. There's also brand reputation. There's also you know educating your clients on how secure you are now. Yes, we're sorry that there was right. a compromise, but now instilling secure values back into your clientele and then dealing with any PR issues after that. If you have a uh, even a service provider, or a vendor, any type of relationship, even a client that goes online and says, you know what? don't work with on because of <laughs> da, da 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 right he, your information yeah. will be lost and he'll he'll scam you because he keeps getting hacked well these guys do remediation on that side too of your pr so i think that's a good point that you're right. bringing in that it's when you pay for an insurance policy like that make sure you have that and that's what you need to confirm with your insurance you know specialists like yourself right. you know what does it cover and have them educate you like you're doing which is great is what does it cover? Because a lot of people think of one and done. I've got breached and then I go on my daily life. But they don't realize the impact exactly. after could be, yeah, you might've got breached and you spend $50,000 on ransomware. But the repercussions on your brand equity and the future revenue could be $150,000, $250,000 because now all of a sudden your stocks start to drop. People start uh, trusting you to purchase online through e-commerce, which a lot of companies do. And now, now all of a sudden your sales start to drop. Now what do you do? Right now you start to panic.
1: Now if you're, and it can lead into additional issues as well. So one of the issues that you can lead into is not just through a cyber insurance perspective, but if you have a decent sized operation, you got more than five employees, for example, or you got a team of directors or, or, uh, directors in place, or an executive team essentially that's running the managed running the business running the business. If they failed to get by cyber insurance after be, after it being recommended. And a company takes a huge hit. They can be a, not only a cyber claim, but they can be a follow-up directors and officers claim as well right. because the directors and officers failed to to act or purchase a coverage that would have been that uh, this, uh, that would have prevented a huge loss. like let's say let's say let's say a policy was a cyber policy was a $1, thousand hundred bucks a month right Just say a random number yep. okay? um, but but the loss that if if you as a shareholder, lost you know you saw that the company lost you know 50 150 200 in revenue in in business because of the cyber coverage which could have all been avoided for 100 bucks a month and your the the person, the ceo or the executive team or the directors officers thought it was not worth the expense and they declined it you as a shareholder will go because of you not spending 100 the company not spending 100 bucks a month for example uh, X amount of dollars. I ended up losing this much value uh, in my business. Is my shares? I have you. You have a grounds to 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 to, put, to to be able to put a directors and officers claim.
0: Right, and it's, it's totally true. And then the other thing is that the legal responsibility is due diligence and due care. Right, it's a huge. Oh,
1: I like that. It's a
0: huge term right now when it comes to. You know liability, because you have to do your due diligence on your cybersecurity policies and everything that you need to do. But you also have to have due care that you're taking responsibility for it, that you're taking the right. actions necessary. And if you don't do your due diligence and due care, no matter if you're a senior manager or whatever, you could be held legally responsible. Right. right? And this is kind of civil claims, things like that, because you're not doing it. And like you said, the board of managers, board of directors, VP level, all these guys can actually be held liable saying you didn't do your due diligence of looking at what is the security trends and and maturity models that you need to follow and your guidance of all your other, you know, uh, competitors, but let's say just in your, your, your vertical, right? Uh, If you're in sales or if you're in real estate, if your real estate agents are all doing just this base in security, you're, you're not doing it. You're not doing your due right. diligence and then you're not doing your due care because you're not looking after your business and you're not looking after your clients and your shareholders and all that. So right. like I said, it, like and I agree with you, it's something that people really need to think about, right? You know, And using this example, $100 a month, is it really worth it? Are you that much in a financial strain to doing that? And if you are, you've got to look at how you're going to protect your business as well as grow it. Right, and then you can you right. can leverage right. something that uh, on my side to add to this is that sometimes you can look at making it a profit center, right, versus a cost right. center. And a lot of people go, "Oh, it's a hundred dollars a month," but if you leverage that in a way that, guess what, the partners that I work with and other partners I might work with or suppliers, I can build a better better relationship, saying I have this security uh, portfolio, and say, "Look, you know what? Yeah. Not a lot of people do that. We've gone ad- on our." Done our due diligence, so now we're more secure, and we'll protect our information. We encrypt our data. We do all these great things. So come work with us, and that will help to grow your business. Your business, and now becomes a a profit center, and you make money from doing that.
1: It's 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 an excellent marketing tool. How often, if you, I would tell you, ask your viewers this: if they were, if you're about to get a contractor and to get quotes in, and you got two simultaneous quotes, the both of them are cost twenty thousand to do a rental one guy shows you that he is insured and the other guy shows you he's not insured, which one are you most likely, more likely to go with?
0: Exactly. The one
1: 99%, the guy, the guy who's got the financial backing to show it if he's charging the same even if he was slightly more, you would, I would feel comfortable. Right. And I'm sure majority of people would feel more comfortable going, this guy looks like he's a proper business. This guy seems to be, he's, he's, he's not a, he's not an established business where he can afford to buy insurance because I think one of the key key things to knowing that you're an established business is not only just the brand rec- brand branding, but the fact that you're you have your all your ducks in order, which it makes insurance part of
0: it. And I think the other thing is like, and I want to be fair to the startup business and business that are growing and maybe yeah. struggling. It might not be he doesn't care about his business or he's not a professional, but it shows when you have right. that insurance that that person cares about their business and cares about your well-being, right? right? They care about their right. clients. or Just show that, right? One
1: hundred percent. Now, the reason I, I stick with the word uh, with the word "don't care" is because there are many. So, what insurance companies have done in the marketplace, they have, each company has created a different product for everything. Okay, there are standalone cyber insurance policies which are very detailed. They'll cover you from A to Z if there was a loss. Okay, um, around the world. Then there are companies that will give you. Small amounts of coverages: twenty-five thousand coverage, fifty thousand dollars coverage, and sometimes it costs four to nine dollars a month. Okay? okay, four to nine bucks, and they usually sometimes just add it into their existing commercial liability policy, anyways. So they'll be like your commercial general liability policy, and sometimes and you'll see sometimes they'll be added as like a value add. Okay. They'll sometimes add it in for free. They'll maybe add it for hundred bucks, two hundred bucks a year. Okay, so so at that stage, if you're declining it to save nine bucks or saving it for five bucks, and you're running an established business, it's you you've taken on the responsibility. You you've flat out taken on the responsibility on your own. Um, at that stage, like you have to reevaluate stuff at five dollars a month. It's going to become a bit of a challenge because you're taking on so much exposure um in this day and age like let, let me throw this question back to you you're this you're, you've done this how much would uh, um a breach average recovery from a breach cost
0: well if you if you got breached like, like right now if you got potential breach small business can start anywhere from the actual cost of the breach not remediation not yeah. forensics and all that you're starting around fifty thousand right? dollars right starting point is fifty thousand dollars just just because you got breached, you might have to pay out, and we didn't even talk about PIPEDA, right? In the sense of any yeah, yeah. any corruption or any uh theft of data, your clients' data, your data, right. and that has to be now reported. So I think the last quote right. I got was a seventy five dollars per record, right? So if mm, it's seventy five dollars okay. per record that you have to pay out in fines, right. well, I mean that could be fifty thousand dollars right there. So, Easy. right? So you start with that and then you look at remediation and all that, it can go up to 150 to $200,000 very quickly, very fast. Right. So and like you're looking at professional services, updating your, your firewall, updating, you know, your, your rules and and having people do uh, a penetration test and doing all that, like just to make sure that you're secure vulnerability assessment, like all that stuff starts to add up. So companies need to look at that, that if you need to do this for insurance, and this is what I totally agree with you. If you're looking at, you know, your risk, and, you know, part of exposure and their cost analysis to it, if it's five bucks a month and you're paying $600 a year, roughly, are, is, that, right. is right. that more cost effective than paying, potentially getting, paying fifty dollars to $100,000, which right. here's the truth of the matter that you both of us know, some, that amount of money sometimes will close a business.
1: Right. Oh, easy. Right?
0: Like if they had to pay $100,000 out immediately, some business right now right. that we know couldn't afford it, and we have to go bankrupt.
1: One hundred percent. So one hundred Like, just just take just take. Just take any salesperson, any sales professional, and I and I urge many organizations, especially if you're in the mortgage or real estate, uh, where you're dealing on the road and you're dealing with a lot of financial stuff, is try to get a security expert in. That's part of the risk management steps. Is to first get a security expert in. A security expert that knows business is part, part of that will help you not only protect and prepare for a loss that happens. Right. So like yourself, you would go in and if I say, listen, I'm a, i am aii run a small call center office, whatever the case is, whatever, I run a small firm office, I would get you to come in and you would go in and go on, we got to do this checklist, right? Right. You would go. You got to do this update your firewall. You got to update this. Uh, I'll get all these updated settings. You need to remove this, add this, so and so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, part of it would be if you just told the client, which would be very negligent, would be, "I've taken care of everything. You are impenetrable. <laughs> I'm walking out the door, right? And you can walk out. At that stage, you have you have not only put them at risk, you've put yourself at risk as well. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Part of the part of being a professional is also advising them that look. I have done what I can with my knowledge and the skill sets I have to protect you from getting hacked. But as you know, even government organizations are not protected, mm-hmm. right? Rogers has got hacked. I just got an email three days ago from Rogers, or yesterday mm-hmm. from Rogers, saying we were we were compromised, but none of your information was leaked. We got emails from them. Um, the 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 Life Labs got got hacked. It was huge. Yeah. And and if any of the any of their IT guys went and said. Listen, you're impenetrable and they get hacked, the company's gonna take a hit, and that company's gonna turn around and go, Brandon, you told us that it's impenetrable. Right. And now we, we it you you lied and now we're stuck and we're gonna collect our damages from you. Right. So it, a prudent business, you know, a cyber specialist is gonna go as you know, do the steps and you know, dot the I's and cross the T's and tell them, get any proper insurance policy in place, because if that you know, chance that you do get penetrated, you have coverage where they can bring in a specialist again, like me, to do the work at you know the, at the insurance company's time.
0: Well, let's let, let's kind of correct that. It's not if, it's when, right? This is a th- yeah, it's when exactly. So this is kind of the one thing that we we talk about in the cybersecurity field, and I'm I'm sure you do in the insurance. A lot of people go, yeah. oh, if it ever happens, it's not if it's and now it's when. When it happens, do you have these systems in place and you know, the transference, right? Having all the, the technical policies, procedures, like all the technical controls, the policies and procedures, you know, your, your disaster recovery plan, your instant response, your acceptable user policy, all that stuff, have it in place, get someone to come through. Like you said, go through and, and this is what the great thing is with insurance companies. They literally give you a checklist. Is your, is your antivirus up to date? You know, is it the right newest version, newest, you know, when's your patch management policy? They give you a checklist. So having, you know, a security, you know, company come in and say, okay, let's see what your insurance, your insurance company is talking about. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, we got that. We got that. It's up to date. We wrote a policy for that and we're following. Here's the key thing. We're following the policy, not, Hey, we have it written up and then it's in the, in, it's in the filing cabinet. No, no. But you're actually following Best practice backup strategy. And you talked about like hot site, you know, hot site, cold site, warm site. You know, so for example, a hot site is you can go from one location to another location and just start going. Warm site is you can go from right. one location, then you have to boot up that other site. Right. And it's right. it's kind of going in the cold sites, you have to kind of start it right from the scratch. Right. So you have all these right. things in your your continuity plan. But having all this in place 100%. with your transfers and insurance gives you a well rounded plan. Right? Because like you said, right. and I agree with you, is that at the end of the day, when you get hacked, you want to have all this stuff in place and your remediation, your instant response, but you also want to have your insurance company to come in to help you out and say, look, we're going to help right. you. You know, Because you did all your due diligence, you did all of, all everything you had to do, we're going to come and you know, your claims going to be accepted. Right? We're going to give you some help here, here, and here to help you get back on your feet faster. It's when yeah. you don't do 100%. that. It's when you don't do that. And <laughs> when you, That's when now you're kind of your hands up in the air and now all the pressure's on you. You did do your security My measures. My favorite clients. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go go. Yeah, you did. Go you didn't shop. do your security measures. You didn't follow the you know the advice of your insurance broker or your specialist to tell you what to do, and now you have it on both ends. You've been compromised. You have to pay all this money, yeah. and you don't have any help.
1: Yeah. My favorite clients are the ones who've actually taken the checklist, the form, because the insurance companies don't just give a simple form. It's like a nine, between a seven to nine page form. Right. They go over all possible, you know, part of it is your property coverage They go over property. Part of it is your liability, but there's a cyber portion usually goes over two to four pages. And my favorite clients to this date are the ones who take that checklist from me and they get their IT guy to fill it out. And their IT guy goes over the details with them. Or if they don't have an IT guy, they bring an IT guy and they'll go over that checklist with them. All right, the insurance company needs this stuff. Can you make sure that all our stuff is? Uh, complying with their requirements. Do we have the updated firewall? Is every is the data encrypted? If not, how can we get it encrypted? Do this. Is, do we have the waiver of liabilities in place? We have this, 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 and they have it set up from their end. The so what they've done is they've knocked out two birds with one stone with that application form. Right. They've not only completed the application; they've got their cyber specialist to do it. The cyber specialist also is is is, is no. This it takes them ten minutes to get this form done, and. And uh, they've not, and now the cyber specialist is also doing their part. They've also sort of complied with what the insurance requirements are. And they filled out the form. And the insurance company is happy with it as well. It's like they knock out two two things in one shot. For sure.
0: And, and totally agree. And I think that's something that any business owner that hasn't done that needs to use that as kind of their checklist. You know, grab that, you know, your policy, their form, right? Kind of fill it out. Grab that. If you have to photocopy it, photocopy it. And then give it to work with your IT team to do that and then go back. And I would recommend anytime you make a change or an update, you reevaluate that as well. Cause as you know, and any companies that go through upgrades or anything along that line have to reassess that because you might make a change to the firewall, but did you change the policy around that firewall that you have actually a written continuity plan about that firewall? Do you have your business impact, you know, analysis? Did you do, did you update that with that firewall? So, just making sure that you're you're going like at least every quarter minimum you're going through that and just checking and making sure everything's up to date. Mm,
1: yeah, one hundred percent.
0: So now I know we have a little bit more time because uh, I know you have another meeting cool. to go to. What no what worries. what recommendation do you have uh, for clients right now? What's going on in kind of the world? What's going on in the industry? What are some of the recommend recommendations you have right now?
1: I'll give a couple tips on this. First is, besides the fact that you, this is a little off the insurance spectrum, spectrum, uh, it's not, it's completely off the spectrum, but do not panic, okay? Get off the news, do not panic, but instead start preparing on the business side of things. The first step is that, okay, if you gotta start working from home, you need to figure out how to transmit and receive data while maintaining security measures. Okay. Okay. If you don't know how to do it, if it's not your forte, there are cyber specialists out there who can assist you, such as reaching out to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Who can? This is you. This is you. This is what you. This is what you. You go to you. Your skill set is. This is what your specialty is. This is what your forte is. if You tell me to do cybersecurity. I I I would know one twentieth of what you know, right? Because uh, that's not my forte. I just know the basics what the insurance company needs, and I just know I need to have a good, good, good good uh, antivirus software with all this other basics in place. For sure But this is your 14, is you need a cybersecurity specialist to go over it. And if you don't know, if you can't hire them to do all the work, many of like yourself, you provide so much information on your on your podcasts, on your daily podcasts and stuff, and your in your daily videos, subscribe to, to to somebody like you and go through it because I am confident I've seen your videos, that there are videos out there that will that will answer probably 90% of the questions that uh, that that an average business or an individual would need would would be worried about and is not sure about and if they can't can't figure it out then at that point they should get you in for a consultation mm-hmm. so talk first is to talk to a specialist if needed second is to get a proper talk to your insurance broker on the note of talk getting a proper cyber insurance special cyber insurance policy in place because the market is not standard it is not uniform across companies it's not like one company is offering the same policy across the board each cyber policies can range from like i said it can be you know uh, ten, uh, 10 bucks a month all the way to you know it can be it can be $100 a hundred dollars a year all the way to you know um, two three four thousand depending on how detailed you get what kind of how the big your operations are. for sure uh, but you can't expect a hundred dollar policy to be covering an organization like amazon right let's let's be real right so so don't think that oh I'm, the, I'm gonna get a great policy to cover that no it fits your policy it has to be designed to fit your risk exposure and your business right right if you say I got three hundred k to dispose on uh to dispose to if I ever get breached I don't need cyber okay that's up to you that's your responsibility that's your you're taking it on but frankly speaking I would know you know you need to have a good insurance policy in
0: place Right. okay
1: and talk to talk to if you already have one perfect keep if you already have an insurance policy in place cyber insurance as well um have it reviewed by a cyber specialist if somebody in an, an insurance broker who's a cyber specialist mm-hmm. who can guide you to see you may have a policy you may think it's great but certain questions like do i will this policy respond in a crisis management will they send a team out oh well, no, they'll give me twenty-five or fifty thousand for notification expenses, um, but that's all it says. That's all the limit is. Right. So, what happens with the other expenses? What if you get sued? What if you have a negative crisis management team? Do you have all these coverages? Is this important to you? And third is to make sure, like you would say, is to just always have a contingency fund available. Okay. And these are the three tips I would give regarding the cyber cyber expenses because let's be face. Even if you had a cyber policy in place you have to remember that there's always deductibles and stuff. So you don't want to be caught off guard if there are deductibles that you have to pay. And if you don't need to claim something, because something can be, can be paid out by your deductible. I mean, it can be paid out by a contingency fund. Let's say you have, let's say you had a $5,000 contingency fund and your cyber loss would only costing you 1200 bucks. Okay. pay it out yourself. Don't put a claim in, but you still have to have a contingency fund so that $1,200 doesn't shock you.
0: Right. And I think and I think those are all great tips. And I just want to say, like, use what I'm saying. If you, you're you listening to this, use what I'm saying and use that as a checklist when you go and get your insurance policy review, like and ask them the, those types of questions. What is my coverage? What does the cover in a case of an incident? What do I get? You know, when's the last time I reviewed this? Kind of have that checklist, because if your specialist is not delivering, talk to someone like like on that actually does that. They will evaluate it with you because you need to work as a team. It's not just this policy you go pay for one and done, and then and that's it. You actually need to have regular follow-ups, regular assessments, because as we know, technology is ever changing, business is ever changing, ever mm-hmm. evolving. They get a new machine in, they get some new technology in, they need to let you know: does that change my policy? Doesn't you know? Do, do I need to modify it, right? And then you know, say if they get a new manufacturing machine coming in. Right. And it's all digital. It's computer generated. They have, you know, it's run by Python program, whatever that may be. And all of a sudden they go, Hey, on, you know, this change? And You go actually, yeah, it's actually going to change your policy because that machine's $500,000. Your policy only covers you for 250,000. You know, what, what do you want to do? And if that's your main staple of your business, now you need to kind of, and I'm using that as a rough example for anyone out there that's listening, Right. but these are the things that you have to constantly keep doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to take a step back with the COVID-19 yeah. stuff and everything that's going yeah. on. We're talking about a lot of business practices, business strategies and kind of going forward. Right. And I know right now the the worry and the stress is I don't even have a business running right now. Like I'm, I'm right. losing money. How do I think about all this stuff? So right. I'd recommend right now, like I'm saying, take a break, work on some personal projects or even projects for your business that you haven't had time to work on. Have these conversations now while you have a little bit of time off with your insurance broker. Look at things you do. Look, Talk to your ID department, your insurance specialist. Kind of do all that now while you have a little bit of time and understand that this is not forever. You know, This pandemic, sure. as long as everyone follows kind of the best practices and the guides, this is something that's going to go up and it's going to go down a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of a crash, but then we're going to build up again as we build up as a community. And I think working yeah. with the right people around you It's going to help you kind of recover faster, right? Versus, you know, looking at in the sense of the house is burning, you know, the the sky is falling. Oh my God, (laughs) it's the end of of days. It's like, I get it. There's a lot of concern going on, a lot of fear and working with the right people will help you to kind of settle that fear. And as you and I know, once you start working on projects, a day becomes a week, becomes two weeks and you look up and now you're like, oh my God, like I'm back to work, you know, next week. It's like, oh my God, like. I I I need yeah. another week off, you know. Yeah. I had I had yeah. someone I, time runs. I yeah. had someone joke with me today, the and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so busy. I'm working on these projects." It goes, you know, maybe I need an extra week off just just to get these projects <laughs> done. Like this is giving me so much freedom, so much time to be able to do this, and it's like, perfect. Think of it that way. And get these things done versus worrying that, oh, my God, like, you know, we're going to get sick. And and I want to add in, like, with cybersecurity and risk analysis side, yes, we're, a lot of people are concerned about, you know, the virus being passed around and and exposure and things like that and do your due diligence right if you know someone that's sick or someone that's you know vulnerable you know make sure that you're not around them and you're on by phone or through skype or through facetime and connecting with them and sharing that connection and if they're they're more vulnerable you know protect them right do that and right all of our communities need to do this because the faster (laughs) we'll get out of this right? The faster. 100%. And we're looking at kind of remediation, right? And in the, in the sense is that we understand what the impact is. We understand what technically in cybersecurity, we know what the virus is. We've labeled it. Right. We know, yeah. we know the <laughs> attack vector. It's going on everyone. So if we just, you know, isolate it like we're doing right now, it's going to start to pass. It's going to start to kind of go through and then we're all going to recover. So the stress that's out there about not having enough money, not doing that, I get it. Just take a deep breath, ask for help where you can, And, you know, work with people like, like on that to see what you can do with your policies and all that, you know, to help, you know, kind of support you through this time. And then also now, you know, when this is over, hit the ground running. Exactly.
1: 100%. It's uh, those are great tips, man. And uh, I think these are the, these tips should be shared across the board. I think there's a lot of unfortunately, media is doing a lot of fear mongering and getting people with uh, sensational headlines. It, it, we need to stay calm, collected, and follow the guidelines, which is to stay isolated. Mm-hmm. And I think that it gives us, you know, what uh, I, at least I found speaking to my friends was that we've always complained about not having enough time. Right. That life has been so busy, and this is completely not insurance related. Right. But we've we've we that there we we wish we had more time to spend with our family. We wish we had more time to spend at home. There's a book that's been sitting that's like about 50 pages away from finishing it, but, but I've been so busy with work. It's just sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to finish that book. I'm going to finish that book. I have time now. Right. Like I know life has slowed down and like, I'm looking at my, it scares me because you know, it's as we all have to make a living. Right. Right. But this may be sort of like a, a wall told way by the earth to tell us to kind of sit down and relax and take a break, take a breather, yeah. take a break. You'll, you'll, you'll make your money back. Yeah. Relax. Um, but you know, panicking if if you're going to take a hit, let's say financially. I'm just talking about financial perspective right now. If you're going to take financially, panicking is not going to change that. Right. Okay, it's not. So let's make it as productive as possible to help offset that later on. Um, and for business business owners, this will be a quick tip that I found out, or I, I'm starting to do on my own is creating content. I have time. There's a lot of articles coming out I'm trying to create as much content and it's the perfect time for me to create content so that when this phase starts to pass we have enough stuff to be able to use for marketing we can get our marketing ducks in order for content creation and stuff like that so it's not all gloom and doom this is also there's a silver lining in there as well
0: well i think you made a good point too is some this now too is giving you a point to think outside the box personal trainers mm-hmm. doing live skype calls like you know yeah. having some sort of support line you know providing a service through, you know, conference calls or zoom or Skype, there's all these different things you can think outside the box. that will help, you know, keep your business going. Right. And you might be able to provide some training, some paid training, right? If there's companies out there that have technology solutions, whatever that may be. Now you just do a paid seminar, Right. right? Keep the revenue coming in and your clients will have a little bit of time. And they, if, as long as they're not financially strapped, they'll invest into it and we're all helping each other. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah, keeping 100%. the wheel going and not stressing. And I wanna hit this home is when you stress, you act out of fear and the logic goes out the door, right? You don't think like you that. don't think about logic and, and how you're doing it. You act as a panic and you don't make really g- good decisions and ask yourself good quality questions. And then what happens, you make mistakes, mm. right? So let the fear go down. If you have to talk to someone, talk to someone that you know, a family member or a counselor, you know, a psychiatrist, a talk therapist, like get it out. I understand. Talk to someone, yeah. but then go back into yeah. the logic thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I do right now right. to provide? And I'm going to say this right across the board. Every one of us has some sort of skill that can help someone else, right? If it, well, even even if it's getting on the phone and saying, look, you know, for I'm going to add consulting services and cybersecurity for like $25 an hour, right? Just for small companies. Right. Or if you're talking to people and you just Trade for trade, even the, some of the people who are doing that, right? If you, right, I'll use this example as a, a horrific one, but say toilet paper. Say I need toilet paper. Right, <laughs> I'll do I'll do an exchange for toilet paper, right? Like something yeah, along something along that line. <laughs> that you're getting things back, you're helping each other because this is, yeah. in my opinion, right now, like you look at Italy, you look at China. You know they had the peak, and then start, and it really kind of starts to slow down. Now it's starting to slow down across yeah. them. We're gonna have the same yeah. thing. We have to write it out, but we gonna have to write it out as a community.
1: Yeah, 100%. percent we have
0: to work together. Well, on I want to first say thank you so much, right, for providing all this great information to help you know educate my community if you want to share this out to your community and just really provide value of what's going on in the industry, what's going on in cybersecurity, what's going on in the insurance industry, and have, and give people resource to follow. Now, I know your website is theinsurers.ca. Is that yeah. correct? So. If you guys are watching this, I'm going to post that in the description. If you have any questions about insurance, uh, business, continuity plans, cybersecurity, contact on just and ask him any questions. I know, you know, me personally, he's been an amazing resource of anything I need to know, anything I I need to know about insurance or about business or just kind of know what's going on in the industry, even following him on social media. He's always posting great videos about what's going on in the industry and what he's saying. So I highly recommend you take the time and just, you know, connect with them. And just learn from him and see what you can do.
1: Thank you, Brandon. I really appreciate it, and I'm uh, truly honored to be a guest on your show.
0: Awesome. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to end end with, or
1: uh, no? I think this was this was uh, this was a great uh, great conversation, and I know I know I know we went kind of off off topic quite a few times. I know we were supposed to be talking mainly about cyber insurance, but there's so much happening, and uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Just getting going back and forth, and and, uh, I think it's, uh, I think anybody who's listening to this on the road or driving or anything of this sort, you're, you'll see that it's, uh, this, this, this conversation is, is like two friends catching up about what's happening in in business and, and tips. And I think there's a lot of gold nuggets that were dropped in this, uh, dropped in this uh, conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much again, on And I want to remind you guys, just don't forget software is hackle, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next video.
1: Take care guys.